in this place right now. Would you just lift up your hands, lift up your hearts right now. Just begin to receive what God has for you right now. Jesus, we need you, Lord. God, let me pour myself out till there's nothing left because I know, God, when I run down to nothing, God, you're up to something. And God, you won't leave us or forsake us. God, you're going to fill us up once again. God, you're going to renew the joy of salvation. God, we know you're able, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and love him right now. Hallelujah, Lord. He's here right now. He's here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I heard a story of a man. He was on an airplane. He got stuck between two individuals, and it's never fun when you get the middle seat. But he said, he's sitting there, he's a preacher friend of mine. He said he was sitting there and one man on one side, he ordered a a beer, ice cold, and he popped the top and he poured himself one and drank it, poured himself another, you know, and drank it. And then as he poured out the last of the can, he sat there and he just shook it. I don't see people shake Cokes or things like that very often, but this man, I guess, wanted to get every last drop. And it hit him. He said, how often do we go into God's presence and just be willing to linger there for a minute and just shake it up a little bit and say, God, till every drop is gone, I want to make sure that I get everything out of this opportunity. God, I want to make sure that I, and when, if I have a moment in your presence, if I have an opportunity in your presence, God, I want to get every drop. How many know that Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good to the last drop. Amen. He is uh, everything that we need today. Yes, hallelujah. Give him some praise. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're righteous. God, you're glorious. God, you're powerful. God, you're glorious and wonderful. Lord, there's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We exalt you, God. We give you praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. While you're standing, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5.
Bible says, actually, let's read verse 4. I know I'm messing with the media department. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Man, we need to escape corruption. It's everywhere. I've just found myself recently just reading the news and seeing what's going on in the world, and it seems like it gets worse and worse. You think at some point it's going to turn around, but it just keeps getting worse. That's corruption. And so we, we find, he says, and beside this, giving all diligence, somebody say all diligence, put in your best Put in your best effort. Add to your faith. You started out with faith, but he said add to it virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, In the knowledge, somebody say in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take you back to verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Amen. I want to preach to us today on this topic. What do you know? Why don't you turn to somebody beside you and ask them, what do you know? God bless you. You can be seated today. It can be a, a phrase, a catchphrase, or a cliche, something that you say in passing. But I dare say that very often do we ask that question and say, what do you know, or what's up? And really expect them to begin to share all that they know. To go into the details of things that they know. In fact, many times we have uh, people in our lives, I've been one of them, that just like to share uh, pointless facts because it's interesting to that individual, but you're like, what? where are you coming from? And uh, you begin to talk about things that you know, but I think it's important that we, we have a knowledge of the holy, that we have a knowledge of who God is and what God wants us to do. There's a phrase I hear out there that knowledge is power. You've heard that? But I would say more so that knowledge is not just power, but knowledge is responsibility. That when you have knowledge of something that we need to be responsible, we're responsible for that knowledge of what we know. I have a good friend of mine, and we were talking one day, and he said, I don't want to learn how to cook. He said, my wife's been talking to me and, and about learning to cook, so when she comes home, like I can cook. But he said, I don't want to learn how. He said, because if I learn how, then she'll expect me to do it. With knowledge comes responsibility because you know how, you don't have any excuses, and so now you've got to do it. And, and it's important that that, that knowledge uh, be used. It is a responsibility to use the knowledge that God gives us. If you turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis in chapter 3, uh, it's where the snake comes to Eve in the garden, and he comes to her and begins to tempt her to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And as, as the story goes, and as we read in Genesis chapter 3, he uses the word, he's talking about knowledge or knowing, but he twists it 
in order to try to tempt her. Genesis chapter 3 and 5 and 6, it says, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as the gods, knowing good and evil. That sounds pretty enticing, doesn't it? To have all kinds of worldly knowledge, to know the things that, the, that God knows. And, and so here he tempts her. The Bible says that when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and she did eat and she gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Adam was there the whole time. Adam knew what God had told them. And I don't know what was going through Adam's mind as he probably had a little curiosity himself and shame on him for just standing back and letting her eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When he knew that God told him, there's one thing. I tell my kids, look, today in service, I need you to do one thing for me. Please sit still and be quiet. That's two things, I guess. But just sit still and worship when they worship. But you know what? That one thing that you ask a child to do usually is the thing that they want to do. And we find in this account in Genesis that Eve, she just couldn't control herself. She wanted that earthly knowledge. I I begin to think about this story, and I thought it's interesting to me that, that God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I believe that that tree, Brother Grant, was a tree of earthly knowledge. It was a tree of sensual knowledge. It was a tree of worldly knowledge and carnal knowledge. It was a tree of the knowledge of the things of this world. But I believe because there was a tree of of life there in the garden as well that they could eat of, that that was also a tree of knowledge. That as long as they were eating of the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of God's word and God's kingdom and the things that God wanted to, God would come to them every day in the cool of the day and he would walk with them and he would talk with them. As God's children, there was a lot of things they didn't know. I mean, they were created. Uh, they were created and made. They didn't have parents outside of God who had created them. And so God would come down and he would teach them, I believe. And he would show them. And now what have you named these? And what have you done here? And what, what are you doing to take care of the garden over here? And he would, well, let me show you how to do this better. And you know how parents are giving knowledge to our kids, and and everything is a teaching moment. And I believe that as long as they ate of the tree of life, they had God's knowledge. And they didn't know it all, all of a sudden, but God was teaching them. God was leading them and and, and showing them. You know, when somebody comes into church and they receive the Holy Ghost and they they give their life to God and, and they get baptized in Jesus' name, they have that knowledge of truth, that nugget, if you will, but that's not all there is to it. You've got to keep coming to the house of God and you've got to keep hearing the word of God that's preached and and keep worshiping God and keep reading the word. And what happens? Many probably are here today that have lived for God for many years. You're still learning, aren't you? You're still growing. There's no way that we could ever know everything that God has for us because as long as we're eating of the tree of life, we're partaking in the knowledge from heaven. 
And God is giving us a greater understanding and a greater knowledge of who he is and how he wants us to operate and how he would like us to work and to move. The Bible says that in him we live, we breathe, we live and we have our being. And so we understand that it's within the knowledge of him. It's in the knowledge of the holy. The psalmist said, oh, that I might know him. And the power of his might. Oh, that I might come into his presence. Oh, that I might taste and see. Oh, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because he understood that as long as you're eating from the tree of life, as long as you're going to the one and saying, I don't need the knowledge of this world. I don't need to know or experience all of the sinful things of this world. I just want to know him. I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And it seems like pastor's kids are usually the worst. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's because we stand out a little bit and we're supposed to be the best. But you know what? There's a lot of pressure there. But I remember as a teenager and being a young person and feeling like all these other people who came into church and they understood, had the knowledge of this world. They had street cred. They had street knowledge. They, they knew what it was like to get out there and do all kinds of things. And they'd experienced it. The enemy would tempt me with curiosity about the things of this world. You know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just part of growing up. And so I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. But I, you've got to be careful with your hunger for knowledge. Because it will take you down a path you don't want to go. And it will keep you there longer than you want to stay. You've got to be careful with the knowledge and, of this world and curiosity in the things of this world. And you've got to say, God, just let me get in your presence. There's been times in my life where I started studying different things, started to go down, you know, different paths, maybe intellectual college, certain things. And and God would pull me back and say, wait a second. You need to be more focused on knowing me than knowing the things of this world. It's okay to learn. It's okay to have the knowledge of the things of this world. But we need to make sure that we don't go off the deep end somewhere. And like Adam and Eve, eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, listening to the voice of the enemy that's whispering into our ears that we need that. And God says, no, you don't need that. That can just stay right where it's at. You can eat of the tree of life where there is true life and knowledge. We find in we find that in Revelation it talks about the tree of life. It talks about that uh, th- that it's going to be there for us, and there's going to be a different fruit on it every month. Now that's that's awesome. That that to me is I like variety. I, I don't like just to eat the same. I mean I like meat and potatoes, but I like you know every once in a while eating some different foods. You know I like to go out for Mexican and Italian and and uh, and and you know just have a different variety. And God knows that with, within our growing and wanting to know more about him, that sometimes we get, we get, things get stale a little bit and we get used to partaking in the same things. But God today wants you to know that if you'll just stay around a little while, he'll give you a fresh word. He'll give you a fresh anointing. He'll give you a fresh touch. And you can be excited once again. And you can be anointed once again. And sometimes you, you get used to eating the same things, but don't stop. But continue on because God wants to give you a fresh touch. Can you say amen? Everybody say knowledge. God wants to give us a knowledge of holy things, a knowledge of godly things, a knowledge of his word. I find many times that that people come to God and, and they're content with just knowing his name. They're content with just knowing about him, but they don't really know him. 
I would contend that God wants to know us simply because in the garden he came down every day and he said, I want to walk personally with you and I want to talk with you. God wants a personal relationship with you. God wants to talk to you today. And so uh, God brings us to this place of knowledge and understanding. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he began to tell parables. And it was funny because as he would tell parables, people would shake their heads and they would say, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm sure preachers preached before and you walked away shaking your head like, what was he talking about today? And here Jesus is, the king of glory, and he's, he's telling them a parable. And he begins to tell them a parable about a sower. And he said the sower went out to sow seed, and, and he, threw, he began to throw it out, and some fell along the road and on the rocks and stony ground, and some fell among thorns, and some fell on good ground. And, and people said, well, that was a good story today, Jesus, but I don't get it. And so his disciples came to him in Matthew chapter uh, 13 and verse 11. And they, they asked him a question. Verse 10, actually, he says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And the Bible says in verse 11 that he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know. Everybody say to know. To know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and, him, uh, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. And I used to read this portion of scripture and think, God, what in the world? You know, what if I'm one of those that doesn't have? And I used to think you know, it's just about having or not having. And I didn't really understand the scripture, but I begin to study it because usually when you get into the scripture, you don't just read it and just all of a sudden have a revelation. You got to pray about it. You got to say, Lord, show me your word. Show me your word. Show me your ways that I might walk in them. And, and I realized that what God was talking about here was knowledge. That he said, if you have knowledge, it's going to grow. If you have understanding, if you ask the right questions, it's going to expand and it's going to grow. And I'm going to be able to have a relationship with you. But if you have no interest, you hear the word of God and then you just turn and walk away and you forget it. It's not going to take effect and it's not going to do anything in your life. And he was telling them that if you have, you're going to have more abundant. And I'm, I'm going to pour into you and you're going to receive more than you've ever dreamed that you would have. And so he begins to explain to them the parable. He begins to explain to them. He said, blessed are your eyes for they see, for your ears for they hear. It wasn't that they couldn't hear, it was that they wouldn't hear. It wasn't that they couldn't see, it was that they wouldn't see. I've talked to people before and I've witnessed to them and shown them baptism in Jesus' name and infilling of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I've even read the scripture out of Isaiah where it says, yet they would not see, yet they would not hear. And they would look at it and say, I don't see it. I'm just going to go back to tradition. I trust tradition more than doctrine. And then I've taught other people Bible studies and, and just let them read the word. And it was like, I see it. It's there. And God can do a marvelous work. Why? Because if you have eyes to see and you say, God, I want to be hungry for you. I want to receive more of you than I've ever had. Then God can begin to fill you. you got to increase your capacity. The problem today with many, many of us is that we have zero capacity for the word of God. We have capacity for media. 
We have capacity to be entertained. We have capacity to go and, 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 and watch and enjoy the things of life. But when it comes to church, we have zero capacity. I saw a picture of some guys at a football game and the snow was piled up about a foot up on them and they were sitting there huddled up and the caption said, you can do this but you say you can't go to church. And I had to laugh because it's kind of funny but it's true. We've got a capacity for sports and we've got a capacity for the things of this world but we need a capacity for the word of God. Whether it's raining, snowing, you know, we need to be more like the postman. I need to go and get the mail. I need to go and receive the word of God. I want the knowledge of the holy and so Jesus is telling them he said you hear the word he said you've got to understand it you've got to receive it because this is what I am giving to you knowledge will, will the knowledge of the word of God the knowledge of the blood of Jesus how the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and wash you and turn you around ought to change the way you think it ought to change the way you walk it ought to change the way you talk can you say amen Let's talk about a few things that we know as Christians. We know that our Redeemer liveth. Job said that in Job 19.25. He said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Here Job is. He's broke down. He's, He's lost his wealth. He's lost his kids. He's lost his house. And he still says, I know. He said, I I don't have anything else, but I still have my knowledge uh, that my Redeemer liveth. I wonder if there's somebody today that you feel like you don't know what's going on in your family. You don't know what's going on at work. You don't know what's going on in your job or, or what's in your situation. But you say, I know this one thing, that my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. He paid the price for my sins on Calvary. He washed me with his blood. His blood still works. His blood still has cleansing power. We know today that Jesus is our Savior, John 4 and 4. We know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his, somebody say it, his purpose. You're here today because of God's purpose. All things are going to work together for the good to them that are called for his purpose. We know from 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 that we have a heavenly home. We know that uh, that he will keep what we commit to him. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. We know that one day we will be like him in 1 John 3 and 2. And we know that because of what he's done on Calvary, we can pass from death unto life. Aren't you glad to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today? Aren't you glad that you don't need to be stuck in the knowledge of this world, the the knowledge of this, the flesh and carnality, but you can say, God, there's something else for me to know today, that I can know my Redeemer lives. I can know that I'm washed by the blood. I can know that I can dance and I can shout. I can know that I don't have to be bound by sin and by addiction. I can be free today. I'm closing today. God wants us to know that he loves us. He wants you to know. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. He wants you to know that that despite what's going on in your situation, he cares. He's paying attention. 
And when, you, when you're trying to figure life out, God says, I've already got it figured out. You need to come to the one with all knowledge, uh, who is all-knowing and all-powerful, who, who is above all and through all and in you all. You need to come to the one who has the knowledge to pull you out of your situation. But knowledge is upon the condition. It comes upon the condition of obedience. You see, with my kids, I try to teach them all that I can. But I know that truly learning comes through discipline. And learning for us as Christians will come through disciplines of prayer. It will come through disciplines of, of, of fasting. It will come through disciplines of being faithful to the house of God. But I want you to understand that God wants to do more in your life than just teach you something and let you sit on it. In 2 Peter, we read that he was, he was telling us, he was reminding us, Peter was writing to the church, and he said this, he said, I want, I want to remind you of the divine power of God. Verse 3, and he says, and he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness through the knowledge that he hath called us to glory and virtue. I really feel this attack of the enemy upon the church. That the enemy is trying to get us to call to cause us to think that we're losing out hope. That we're that that the world is getting worse and worse and that people are falling away. And what are we going to do? Oh, woe is me. But can I tell you today that you need to remember your anointing and you need to remember your calling. God, you called me unto glory and to knowledge. You didn't call me just to sit on the truth. You didn't fill me with the Holy Ghost just so I could be saved, but you filled me with the Holy Ghost so I could go share it with other people. Knowledge is not something that should be just caught in and kept, but knowledge is something that you have to share it. You have to write a book about it. You have to talk about it. You have to... Tell somebody about it. Knowledge is something that you can't just keep to yourself. And he tells them, he says, not, not, grace and peace will be multiplied through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to, to say here, he says that you add unto your, he says, unto your faith. He said, give all diligence, add unto your faith virtue. God, I want to be the best I can be. That's what virtue is. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance or self-control. And temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. I think that sometimes we fall short somewhere along there. Maybe along brotherly kindness, loving one another like we should. Maybe we fall short on loving and caring about one another. But can I tell you today that Jesus promises us that if you pursue knowledge of his kingdom, verse 8 of 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, For if these things be in you and abound, somebody say in abound. To abound is more than enough. To abound is to have something that's overflowing. He's saying, hey, you can't just be a Christian and just hold it in here. It's got to abound. 
I personally, I, my personality type is a little more quiet, a little more reserved. My wife, she kind of abounds. And when we, everywhere we stopped on the way down here, we'd stop and I'd have the kids off doing something and she'd strike up conversations with people and we'd get back in the car and she'd say, I could win those people if we lived here. And I said, well, get their info. Give them a church card. Find a local church. And I realized that that is living in the abundance of God's mercy and knowledge. I don't want to meet a person that I can't share God's mercy and knowledge with. I don't want to meet a person with what I know there's a responsibility. Knowledge is not just power, but knowledge is responsibility. And so I ask you today, what are you going to do with what you know? What are you going to do with what God has showed you and the environment that we are in here today? Can we stand? He said, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that tell me? That means that we can know this and be barren. We can know this and be unfruitful. But can I tell you today that God wants us to bear fruit of joy and love and caring for one another and going out into the lost and reaching somebody for the kingdom of God. I've gotten to the place at our church where I I no longer worry about numbers. You know, we show up to church and we say, well, where are they at? And where, where are they at? I don't worry about it anymore. All I really care about is God. Is there some sinners on the pew? Because I don't really care to entertain a bunch of saints. I want you to get to heaven and I want to preach a good word to you. But my heartbeat is God. You've given me this knowledge. And God, help me to find. I don't care if it's just one person. God, one person that's lost. One person that's broken. One person, God. When you get a hold of this knowledge, you can't keep it to yourself. But you've got to share it. Could we just close our eyes today as my wife sings a song here today? And can we just tell God, can we recommit, God, I want to increase in knowledge of you. God, I want to grow to a place, God, where you are changing me. God, where there's such an overflow and abundance in my life. Uh, God, where I can't go to the restaurant without witnessing about you. God, I can't go to the store without telling somebody about you. God, I cannot just come and sit barren. But God, I've got a knowledge that I want to share. I've got a knowledge that I want to let increase in my city. I, I want to see it increase in my workplace. God, I want to see your name lifted high. God, I want to see this word going forth. God, I don't want to see another week where I don't have somebody sitting on the pew beside me. God, that's hungry for the word of God. That's hungry for a touch from heaven. That's hungry for your, for your spirit to do a work in their life, oh God. In Jesus' name. Let's just worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. there's somebody here that you want to know more about God, we invite you to come and the saints to come and, and just stand around these altars and begin to seek Him and tell Him, God, I want to know You. 
God, I want to know more about you. If you're here today and you feel like you have don't have a knowledge of God that you would like, if you feel like you want to know, uh, have a closer relationship with him, then we invite you today. Come on, let's love him today in Jesus' name. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Things of this world will grow strangely in the light of His glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Come on, can we just come gather around the front right now? If you want to know more about God, would you just do this for just a few minutes? There's folks that want to pray here today. There's folks that want to know God here today. Can we just spend five, ten minutes here today and just seek God?
In his wonderful face And the things of this earth Will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace On Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, 
And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for the anointed preached word. And I thank you for the love I feel in this church. I thank you for this great gospel. Go with us from this place, each and every one. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Hang on, hang on just a second. Hang on, just don't, don't nobody move. Don't nobody wiggle. Is this your birthday or your birthday? What is your birthday?